It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DKPittsburghSports.com and our podcasting platform. You can get for free anywhere, but especially on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere podcasts are hosted. We're back here on the show. We took a week off. I was on vacation. I was out, out of the country enjoying some time off that I've been busting my butt to earn, so I was very happy to do that. Sorry we couldn't get you your shows last week, but... We are back here in strong, and I want to start off this show. We'll get to Pitt basketball's big win and what I think about Pitt Pitt hoops in the second segment because it was a huge win. Jamarius Burton coming out, hitting the the game winner in the the last second, literally the last second, and uh, pulling out what was a huge win for Jeff Capel. Um, And again, we'll get to what that means and what I thought about the game and what I think about the team and the program in just a bit. But I got to start off addressing the Kenny Pickett situation. First and foremost, congratulations to Kenny Pickett for being, for finishing third in the Heisman voting um, for, you know, just all the accolades that are coming his way for deciding to forego the, the bowl game to go to the NFL draft. There's no question that Kenny Pickett deserves everything he's gotten and more. And I want to take this segment to address what I see as pure fake outrage about Kenny Pickett deciding to not play. Because we certainly saw the people, you know, kind of complaining or complaining about the complaining, saying, oh, the Pitt fans who are so mad at Kenny for not playing in this game, they're so ridiculous. And then I was looking around, and again, granted, I was out of the country. I was barely looking at Twitter, because who wants to look at Twitter when they're enjoying, you know, sunshine, beaches, and drinking all day what what's that last part i don't know i didn't do that last part or whatever but who wants to enjoy twitter who wants to try to be on twitter and and social media at those times but i did you know partake because i was intrigued to see okay after the heisman voting you know that went down and kenny pickett made his announcement and we saw that uh i, I was intrigued to see what you know what's been the, the vibe the overwhelming majority of pit fans were like yeah kenny go get your money buddy do what you gotta do it's a meaningless bowl game. And it's not meaningless because it would be the, the Panthers' first New Year's Six bowl win since 1981. It would be the first 12-win season for the Pitt Panthers since they won the national championship in 1976. So all those, those landmarks are up there for the Panthers. But Kenny's done it. In fact, the last podcast I did for this, I believe, for this show, was saying that Kenny Pickett is the most important Pitt Panther in, in my lifetime and maybe in pit history if this sparks a changing of the guard if this sparks a change of pit stepping up from being just a mediocre football program in the ACC that can't get over the hump to being a team that's con- that's going to be consistently considered a threat to win its conference and maybe someday a threat to make the college football playoffs 
That guy did that. And I know it wasn't just him. Jordan Addison was amazing. The defense had a lot of really big playmakers. Uh, there, there were a lot of really good players on this team. There was a ton of seniors who stepped up. You know, this was a true team effort, but we all know it was led by Kenny Pickett. And again, I talked about that the last H2P podcast episode. You can go back and listen to that if you want to get my full explanation as why I see that. And I know there's a lot of people who say, well, Tony Dorsett. And I'm like, listen, I'm not saying Tony Dorsett ain't, ain't the most important, but I'm saying this, this, this has a bigger, this has a potential to do something for this program that we haven't seen in decades. But that guy decided to forego the NFL to come back for this year and saw and had the greatest pit quarterbacking season we've ever seen. And in fact, the most touchdown pass has ever thrown by an ACC quarterback in a seat. Now, I, I, I see a lot of people, the wide majority of Pitt fans, who are just saying, you know what, Kenny, congratulations. We, we salute you, we support you, and we root for you to go somewhere. And for the Pitt fans who are Steelers fans, they hope that you're drafted by Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, and they see you at Heinz Field for, for the next several years. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's another story. We'll get to that another day. But the bottom line is I see the, the overwhelming majority of people supporting Kenny Pickett. Not this 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 faux argument that is just, oh, this is um the, you know, this, this is not, you know, this, you know, this is ridiculous. He's so selfish. And come on, people. Are we really at this point now? And yes, college players just started getting paid, but not by the universities, by corporations that want to sponsor them. But this this is a guy who just gave, what, five years of his life fighting fighting on a, on a program that was struggling, that wasn't always being consistent, where he was often the most consistent presence on, on the team, dragged that, that team and, and led the charge to make it a team that became ACC champions. A feat that four years ago, I don't think many Pitt fans would have ever said was, would be possible with the powerhouses that were in the conference. I look at this as a big, I look, I look at this as, as, as a big misnomer. And again, of course, there are some of the wackos out there. there, there you know, there, there's there's people that are just crazy and they're going to say whatever things. I saw something posted on a message board about Kenny's dad being in the military and he would have fought with his men, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Those people are crazy. You know, they're crazy. I know they're crazy. They're not. You know, and, and oftentimes what you find out is they are, they are troll accounts. They're fake accounts. They're, they're bots. Or, you know, people pretending to be to masquerading as pit fans to make pit fans look bad. And, and I say this because uh, I, I often see this as a black man. I've seen this in the black community where there will be a uh, a Twitter account that has a, uh, a a black person or a black face as its avatar on Twitter. And it will pretend to say outrageously outrageous things about the black community. And you'll say, like, what the heck is that? That doesn't seem real. And then people will dox them and figure out you know, who their identity is like, oh no, you're pretend, pretending to be a black person. And then that, that account to get deleted, it's called a, uh, your slip is showing. It's an actual thing that happens in, in with a lot of things with politics, but I, I think that could be happening with Pitt. But the bottom line is Pitt knows what Kenny Pickett did for it. Pitt fans know what Kenny Pickett did for them. You saw them cheering his name at the ACC championship. You think that went away because they're not, he's not going to play in a peach bowl. Please come on, man. 
Pit fans aren't, you know, Pit fans are extremely grateful for what just happened right now. And they'll root for Kenny Pickett wherever he goes. Unless it's Cleveland, because some people fans might have a problem with that. But you hear, you get my point. I'm just saying from here, from this, from my perspective, I'm I'm sitting out of the country. I'm looking at my phone. I'm reading. I'm reading different responses. We all know what Kenny Pickett did, and we also know that this current bowl system is ridiculous. I mean, I always found the bowls things weird as a kid, just growing up being like, wait a minute. So the, all these games happen, but only one of them actually gets you a championship. But at least back then, I guess you could say, well, you won the second or third or fourth or fifth most important bowl. But if there's literally a playoff right over there, why do I care? And you're seeing the ratings impact that. Kenny Pickett didn't quit on his team. He said, hey, I, I got to go, guys. I, I've led us as far as I could. And I got us an ACC championship. But you know what could also do a lot to help Pitt, Pitt football is seeing Pitt football's great quarterback go on and be great in the NFL. And if and if he could take any early steps now to make sure that he doesn't get hurt in a bowl game that will get that get him nothing in the end and get Pitt very little in, you know, on, on its end, if he if he can avoid being hurt there or get in you know get a head start on trying to get ready for the combine so that he can best impress people and improve his draft position and then maybe be put in a situation he'll be more successful in the NFL that can also go a long way to helping Pitt. But this is again why I've advocated for years the college football playoffs should be expanded. And I know some people are like, oh, it's just glorifying the game and all this other stuff. It's, it's ruining football. Get the heck out of here, man. We just want to see fun football. It should have been eight teams for the jump. And honestly, I can argue with 12. You could have every Power Five conference winner and a bunch of at-large bids. It makes everything more fun. Tournaments make everything fun. I mean, look at the college football playoff ratings when you go in. Every year, when you look at the top 100 broadcasts, uh, uh, live broadcasts across the country, not just sports, all broadcasts, usually about 70 of them are sports. About 65 of those 70 are NFL games. The other five are college football games. And the top three college football games are, of course, the college football playoffs. So I don't blame Kenny. I don't blame Damari Mathis because he also pulled out of the game or anybody. Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. It's not nobody. You know what? I got I got a chance to go make millions. Why am I going to risk myself and become Jalen Smith, who was the posed maybe number one linebacker of his class for Notre Dame until he got hurt in his bowl game? That again was meaningless, wasn't a playoff game. And then fell to being a second round pick and still had a good impact in the NFL, but he was not nearly the same that he was at Notre Dame. And here's the thing, Pitt fans know that because everybody knows this. This is old news. The NCAA is just taking forever and a day to, to make the official move to say, okay, we'll expand the playoff format, we'll get this done, and we'll make it so that there's more competitive things. Because you again, you look at the, the conference championship TV ratings. People looked at the ACC and said, wow, no one cares about the ACC. No, it's not that they don't care about the ACC, it's that they don't care because they knew Wake Forest nor Pitt had a chance at the playoffs. But every other game, whether it was the SEC because they had Georgia and Alabama or even the AAC because they had Cincinnati involved. 
If you had a playoff impact or even a potential of a playoff impact, someone was going to watch your game because they wanted to see who's making the Final Four. And again, this is old news. This is nothing, this is nothing revolutionary I'm saying here, but it's common sense. But I'm seeing some people thinking like, oh man, Pitt fans are truly, you know, they, they're, they're turning their back on Kenny. No, they're not turning their back on Kenny. Pitt fans know exactly who Kenny Pickett is. They know he's a warrior. They know he's a leader. They know he's the greatest player that they've seen on the, on the team since Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe Aaron Donald, but he's up there, point being. So congrats to Kenny Pickett again. Congrats to all the Pitt Panthers who continue to reap the benefits of their season, especially Jordan Addison with his Belitnikoff Award. Fantastic job by him and uh, Coach Brennan Marion turning that receiving core around in just a single year. But Pitt fans, this, this, this Peach Bowl game, it's just going to be a simple celebration of just like, hey, you know what? We'll see what you got for, for the rest, of, you know, for, from the other guys. And if they have a great game, if they get great, if they don't, oh, well, this is still one of the seasons that you'll never forget. And you'll always remember that fake slide and that big touchdown in an ACC championship game. All right, enough about fake outrage. I'm going to take a quick break and talk about some real winning that Pitt did on Saturday because Pitt basketball did the doggone thing um, and did something that I think that Jeff Cable could be proud of despite their, what, four and seven record. We'll talk about that right right here. H2P Podcast. I'm Chris Carter hosting all of your pit football basketball talk here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, also, I got to say congratulations to Pitt Women's Volleyball uh, for their making it to the Final Four. They lost the Final Four, but they had an amazing season and a, a proud run for Pitt fans to enjoy. Um, so congratulations to them. They did, a, they did a phenomenal job. They were all season long. They were one of the best teams in the country, and they proved by getting to there. Uh, it was a fantastic run. Now, pit basketball, of course, ain't making no Final Fours. But that 59-57 win over St. John's, which was an 8-2 team looking to crush the eight, the, the Big East and had Justin Champagne's twin, Julian Champagne. They didn't have him in this game, but they've run they've been running a lot of business with, with, with him. That was a team in New York, their backyard, that Pitt should have lost to, even without Julian Champagne. When you just look at the roster on paper, you're like, well, that matchup, that matchup, that matchup. This has been Pitt's problem. This has been St. John's strengths. This should actually match up pretty well for the Red Storm. But here goes Pitt being scrappy, defending well, challenging everything, making plenty of mistakes along the way, but never giving up and giving themselves a shot in the end. And it ends with Jamarius Burton with the game tie with eight seconds going coast to coast putting up a contested shot and hitting it at the buzzer. It was a phenomenal win. An ugly win, but a phenomenal one. Pitt still had, what, 15 turnovers, a ridiculously high number in this game. They're still a sloppy team. They're still a team that can't shoot for nothing. They actually shot, and this is the craziest part about this game, they shot 32% for the field. That was their lowest field goal percentage on the season. But they still found a way to win. 
And for me, this says that Pitt basketball, there is hope with what Jeff Capel is trying to put together. And and, and listen, I'm going to get to the recruiting part in a bit because, yes, they don't have a single recruit for next year, and that part looks desolate. But right now, you got to find a way. You got to stop and focus on this team right here, right now, and get this team to scrap every single game because they are outmanned and outgunned on almost every performance. A lot of the other teams, they didn't lose their their four top scorers from last year. And then the two top guards that you planned on having going into this season. So you got to fight every single game. And it's tough to focus on that, especially when you're losing. Especially when in college in college sports right now, at any point in time, you're unhappy. Guess what? I'm hitting the transfer portal, man. This isn't working out. I can go somewhere else. Smaller college and get and get easier competition. Bigger college and get more play. Not have to deal with this and not have to be. Why, why should I waste my time in college digging a program out from the crater that pit basketball is in for the past four years? But Jeff Capel is keeping these guys together. They could have, they, this team could have quit long ago. They could have said, you know what? Why, why are we still playing for this? We know this is a lost season. We have every excuse for the reason to quit. You know, Nike Zabandi tore his ACL. Ithiel Horton got suspended. We lost all a whole bunch of players last year. Excuse me, actually, I think they lost their top five scores from last year. Point being, they lost a ton of their assets from last year. They have every every excuse to throw in the towel, but Jeff Capel has them still fighting to the very end. Muhammad Ugi, a transfer guy that's come in, getting blocks everywhere. Femi Udakale, turning the ball over a lot, but you see him scrapping on defense. Noah Collier, I think, comes off the bench. He gets really good minutes for John Hughley. John Hughley himself, he struggles at times. I think he, he he's having a problem being a consistent decision maker in the post. But he's there's times there's real flashes where you say like man some games he really understands what it means when he's double teamed he has to find the open man quickly and there's sometimes he does some games he doesn't he didn't do that too well against St John's but there's real makings of like things that they can be actually good at the problem is they just need more talent they need they need outside shooters they don't have that maybe William Jeffords can can become that he just has to believe in his shot I think he has a shot he because when he puts it up he does make, make some really good ones. But he he just I think he's too timid. I think he's still trying to figure out who he is in college basketball. But there's something to build on there. And it's tough wins like that. If they can continue to put things together. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that Jeff Capel should be locked into next year's coach because he's making them battle against St. John's in, in the big in the Big East in December. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is. This is a team that if you looked at them a few weeks ago, or even just, just, a, just a week ago, they lost to Monmouth. They're, uh, you know, they're lost to UMBC. You're like, man, just throw it, just throw it in the reset button. Just, just throw away the season. Just forget about it. There's no point to, to, to even worrying about growth. We'll just have to start all over again. 
But they're not doing that. And Heather Like has said she believes that Jeff Capel will get things turned around in the ACC. And she's not saying Jeff Capel will get them in ACC playoff contention and make them one of the serious threats. But she's saying this could be a team that, that, that competes with and bangs with and steals wins off of ACC programs that should beat Pitt with the way that its roster is set up. And if Pitt can put together wins like that later this season, those are the wins that those young players like Femi Utakali, like Noah Collier, like jo- John Hughley, like Will William Jeffress that they can all hold on to and say, Hey, remember like when they're seniors, they're like, remember how we used to be and how, how it used to be. And now we're here and we're playing much better and we don't turn the ball over. And we got some new guys that can put, knock down some shots with us. That's the attitude I see that Jeff Capel is, is trying to inspire and a team that won't give up that, that does keep fighting. And it understands that, Hey man, if you just, if you come and you work, you de- you, you have to focus every single day. You can't take no days off. You're not good enough to take, to do that. But if you focus and you fight every single day, people will, will have to respect you. People will have to worry about you and people, and you will, and you will beat teams this year on pure effort alone. That's what I see being a real asset for for Pitt in the long run is, is that if this if this crew can learn these hard lessons, can pick up on what Jeff Capel's putting down, because I mean he again, he knows his basketball. He knows he knows the culture. He knows what what it takes to be in a winning program. He's been part of one for a long time. It's just it's not that easy when you have all the obstacles that Pitt has had this year. And they've had a lot of adversity. Injuries, suspensions. You know, players leaving, players going to the NBA, players transiting, all the things, COVID, everything. It ain't been easy. But again, I think it says something. I think it says a lot about pit hoops, the fact that they that they battled through this. And again, this was gritty defensive play. You see Noah Collier fighting in there, scrapping to try and make, you know, force some good defensive possessions. William Jeffress taking a huge charge in the final minutes of the game to force a turnover and get Pitt the ball back. Muhammad Udi getting get beat on an initial play, coming back, blocking the shot, then diving out of bounds to save it and throwing back inbounds to make the play. And again, those aren't even Jamarius Burton's game-winning, game-winning shot. But there's there's stuff, there's grit and things that you can you can get players to believe in. And that's what Jeff Capel's number one thing is right now. Get these guys to believe that when they buy in, that when they play hard, that they are going to win. Or at least put them, be proud of the effort they put on the floor and then be say, you know, and then if when they win, they say, hey, I did that. When you don't win, you say, hey, we can identify the things that we need to do to get better the next time. And that's how you turn things around from just the the horrible situation that pit basketball has been in for years now. Now again, they got to keep doing this. It's no given, you know. They 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 could have they could have taken Virginia earlier earlier this earlier this year, and they would have been one and zero in ACC play to start. But if they go into this ACC play. And they're able to bang with teams consistently. And, and they, though they will have a losing record in the ACC. I don't doubt that. But if a lot of those wins are hard fought, if they can, if they can steal wins, you know, get close to 10 wins in the ACC. Then we're talking about something different. Then we're talking about a team that might be like, hey, you know what? We know we could play with these guys. 
We know we we know we can hang with them. We know that there's a chance that we could that, that we could take some of these guys. And then next year, when we're when we're better, we're more mature. We're gonna we're gonna be the ones we're we're gonna have a lot better of a chance to stand on our feet, and we'll know what we're doing. But Pitt has a really good shot to to us to to figure some things out in the second half of the season. That's what you're watching for, Pitt fans, right now. You're not watching for, you know, for 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 a magical ACC run. You're not watching to see if this is going to be, you know, if this is going to be, you know, the, you know, like like the good old Jamie Dixon or the Ben Holland days. Right now, you're you're watching the dog days again. You're watching the times to see. Who are going to, who are these young men going to identify themselves as? You know, in two or three years, are you going to be saying, wow, are you going to be looking at Femi Otakali and John Hughley and William Jefferson, Noah Collier, and then this crew and saying, man, I remember when they struggled through those years. And that's the identity that they built back then, that tough, gritty style of play. Because again, that's what Ben Howland did. It wasn't just Brandon Knight and just magic that he threw together. It was being tough, being gritty, being defensive. And then taking advantage of the things on offense that you could back in those days. Because remember, Pitt, Pitt wasn't exactly this amazing shooting team back then. They won with defense and rebounding and physicality. And if you can establish that kind of identity at this point in these young guys' careers. And make this a building point to build off of, to step forward with. Because last year they certainly took steps backwards. You could put yourself in a position where you actually have building blocks to see the better days of pit basketball. That being said, they still got a lot of work to do. They got Jacksonville at the peak, 2 p.m. on Tuesday. I will be there. See you there, pit fans. If you're going to be there, hit me up. I'll be running the live file as always and up in the press box. I'm Chris Carter of DKPittsburghSports.com on the H2P podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques, thanks so much for listening to this show. I'm back, baby. I'm back from vacation, and we got some energy to us. Thanks so much for checking us out. Check out all of our great content at DKPittsburghSports.com and all of our free podcasting platform. We got a lot of great shows for you every day throughout the week. We hope that you're enjoying that. Stay tuned. We got a lot of great stuff for you covering your Pittsburgh Steelers. We're taking on the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. You'll want to catch all, all the great covers that we offer from that right here at DKPittsburghSports.com. <laughs>